Welcome to Ellas, a bi-weekly podcast made by Latinas for Latinas. I talk with talented, inspiring, and empowering women that are living their dreams and making a path for the next generation. I'm Brenda hernandez Caimes, and this is Ellas. Welcome back to Ellas. For episode 36, I'm so happy to introduce today's guest, Vanessa Trufin. Vanessa is a Californian-born, first-generation Guatemalan-American. The self-made entrepreneur shares with us the struggles and triumphs she's faced by creating a life outside of the norm and visualizing what a successful life looked like to her. Together with her husband, Vanessa spent a year as a nomad, living and traveling through 18 countries in Europe. After returning to Arizona, she spent eight months building a bridal boutique and opened the doors to Avanci Bridal in January of 2018. Along with her team, she has helped women feel confident, beautiful, and unique on their wedding day. With a passion and obsession with bridal, she has helped many couples celebrate their love with beautiful wedding gowns. Please welcome Vanessa Trufin. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank you. I'm really excited because... This is the first time I'm interviewing a Latina entrepreneur focused on wedding bridal. And I'm just excited because this is a world that I myself am not knowledgeable in, mm-hmm. but I'm so excited to learn how that passion and love started and how you were motivated to start your own business and just adapting and growing and just being an inspiration to our community. Thank you. Well, there, there's a lot in that question. Um, it's, So for me, I feel like in many ways, I've been super blessed and lucky that I've had a passion for this industry forever. Like since I was very little, I loved weddings and there was a common misconception that I was just obsessed with getting married, which wasn't the case, even though I am married, but um, it was, it was just the idea of the weddings, the flowers, the dress, um, the love, the, you know, the venue, the food, the dancing. Um, and, and I would tell my mom when I was little, you know, I want to, I want to be a wedding planner or I want to do this. And she's like, like Miha, be a professional, you know, be a doctor, be a lawyer, or go, you know, go and become a dentist, which is what I wanted to do originally. And I never really thought, um, I would look into like universities and see if I could major in like wedding industry. I never thought like, oh, I can go and major in business and eventually do something on my own. Um, I just, my mind never went there. So it was, it was just a huge passion that I've had forever. And I went to um, Northern Arizona University. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. And I started off as a biochem major because I was going to be a dentist and I was going to go, you know, to dental school. And um, two weeks into it, I was like, this is not for me. And I called my mom crying and I was like, mom, I think I need to change my major. And it's so funny because I was like, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to, you know, get my bio degree, whatever. And she's like, okay, well, what, what are you going to do? Yeah. And, um, a friend of mine actually suggested that I look into like, um, advertising and public relations. And they said, you know, you have a really great personality for that. I think, I think it would be a good place for you to go. And I, and I did that, um, thinking that I wanted to work in advertising and back when I was in school, my senior year, the last semester of my senior year is when Instagram like finally started. Mm-hmm. So everything that I know about like social media and using that in a business wasn't something that I learned in school. So it was, it was completely crazy. Um, but after I graduated, I got a job in marketing and then I was like, you know what? I'm 
missing some type of fulfillment in my life. So I contacted a wedding planner in the Phoenix area and I said, Hey, you know, I've, I've had a passion. I'm sure you get emails like this a lot. Can I just intern with you? Like I have a job. I, you know, I just want to intern and shadow you and kind of learn. And it was cool. I learned a lot from her, how to run a business, how not to run a business. Um, I learned about the wedding industry and I thought, you know what, maybe wedding planning isn't for me. Um, and then, like I kind of mentioned to you a little bit earlier, um, my husband and I traveled. So after we got married, we spent a year living abroad. So in order to save up for that, because that's just not cheap, I got a job. I actually had, I was working three jobs. So I had my full-time job in um, marketing. And then I got a job working part-time at David's Bridal. And then I got another part-time working for a wedding videographer, mm -hmm. um, one of like the best in Arizona. And I was working with them on weekends um, at weddings. So I was like, you know what? I love it. I'm surrounded by all this love and all this joy. And I realized that's what was missing. You know, I'm like, okay, I do. I do love the wedding industry. Um, so at, while I was working at, you know, this big corporate bridal store, um, I realized a couple of things. I loved working with brides. Um, I connected very well with them. I had an eye. I'm like, you know what? I think you look great in this dress. And and sharing that that moment with them and being part of such a unique and special time in their life. Like I'm I'm part of this secret, you know. Everybody at the wedding, they're they're like, oh my god, I wonder what she's gonna wear, what she's gonna look like. And I love being part of that secret. I'm like, well, I know what she's gonna look like, and I know the dress that she got. Um, so I, you know, was having a conversation with my husband Dennis, and he's like, well, do you think? that this is something that you'd want to do. And I was like, oh my gosh, I never ever imagined having like a, a retail store or, you know, working with the brides directly selling dresses for myself. So that was kind of terrifying. Um, after we traveled and got back, I kind of dove into it and I don't have a business degree. So it was a lot of Googling and yeah. trying to call people to see if they'd be willing to mentor me. Um, and after a couple of months, I was able to open my doors and I was terrified and excited. And um, it's been, I think, almost three years since then. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> a really impressive, you know, journey. And, but you just share so much with us right now. And I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love that. And I love that because I love those long answers where we can unpack and like dissect yeah. and go deeper. Yeah. Right? yeah. So since a young age, can you, well, can you describe for us who you are as a person? Because from what you were telling me, you're not afraid to take chances, to take mm -hmm. risks, to go after what brings you joy and happiness. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people, I feel like being afraid of not risking a good salary, a job position, or the respect that a certain career gives you, they don't go after what they love. So can you describe who you are behind that veil of yeah. veil, <laughs> the veil behind of the successful businesswoman? So that's a great question. Um, I grew up obviously being told, you know, you have to go to school. You have to become a professional. You're going to get what you want in life if you work for it. Um, and I, I was always being told this and I was like, okay, well, I have to be successful when I grow up and I want to be successful. And many times I would kind of live in this, ¿Qué va a decir la gente? like, what are people going to say if I do this? Or what are my friends going to think if I do that? Or if I have this passion and I want to pursue it. And um, I think around my senior year of college, I thought to myself, I want to be successful. 
And then I thought to myself, well, what, what does that look like? You know, and, and something that I like to ask a lot of people when I meet them and my friends and my family members is what does success look like to you? Because your version of success is going to be completely different completely Mm -hmm. different than my version of success. Um, Some people want to get married and have kids and, and to just, you know, involve themselves in that family. And some people want to have those businesses and and be entrepreneurs. And some people are like, you know what, I just want to work, do my career and then have my life separate. So kind of figuring out what my version of success was, was I think the, the starting point to figure out who I am. And then another thing I like to ask people is if you could be doing anything in your life right now, what would you be doing? If you could be, you know, if you could have any job you wanted, what would it be? And sometimes it's really fun kind of looking at the, their faces as they're like, well, you know what? I've never thought about that. Or, you know, I've never admitted it, but Mm -hmm. I would be doing this or I would be doing that. And I thought to myself, like I was, I was told this a lot, um, not just by family, but just people in general, like you can't have it all. And I'm the kind of person I'm like, don't tell me that because now I want it all. (laughs) Like who says that I can't, you know, if if I commit myself and work really hard, who says that I can't have it all? And one of those things that I'm like, you know what, I have this one life and I I know that I can make a difference. And if I work really hard and I achieve it, holy Mm -hmm. cow, I achieved my dream and I achieved my goals. And if I didn't, I'm never, ever going to live in that. What if? you know, I could be doing whatever I wanted to be doing because yes. I'm, I'm trying to get to, if I could be doing anything in my life, I'm, I'm working towards that, you know, and every decision that I make both as a professional and as an individual, I'm like, is that going to lead me closer to, you know, my, my own version of happiness and success. Um, and those, those two actually correlate really well together for me, yeah. happiness and success. Like if I'm happy, I'm successful because I'm doing what I love. I'm surrounded by people that I love. Um, And that's something that I feel like gets lost on a lot of people is that we just get in this rut and, and I'm like, well, we're not special. You know, I'm not so-and-so and, and, you know, I don't have those privileges. And sometimes you just have to work past that and break through those barriers that even then we set for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like I I set so many barriers for myself that once I got rid of give up and la gente and everybody's idea of success and kind of came up to my own person it, and it's not easy and it's really hard and it's really scary, but I think that's, that's something that I strive for daily. And so let's go back to the last year of college and yeah. let's compare and contrast. <laughs> what was your definition of being successful and happy that last year? And as of now, as of June, 2020, what is your definition? What is your vision of success? Because it has changed over the years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, um, I graduated college in 2012. So it's been a while. Uh, well, this is 2020. So yeah, it's been a while. I was 21 back then. And my version of success, I wanted, I had this two ideas of what success was like for me. I imagined myself this like big boss, babe, you know, like I, I thought I would either want to be working at a big advertising agency, like running commercials and doing creative work or running some big, like I imagined, you know, the Super Bowl and how people have to come together to put on this great event. And then there's just different tiers and different things that happen um, during the Super Bowl. I thought, you know what, how fun would it be to be an event planner and to, to work 
you know, for a big company like that. And then it kind of correlated because, you know, the Super Bowl, you think commercials. Well, at least for me, I mean, I majored in advertising, so people think football and beer, I think commercials. (laughs) Um, So I I always kind of visualized, you know, this big um, event planning or doing some type of big career in advertising. And I loved the idea of travel. And I knew that I live in Phoenix now, but I'm from California. And I thought, I'm not, I'm not a desert girl. I love Phoenix, but I'm, I'm not a desert girl. And I thought I would want to live somewhere else. And um, I, I, I realized that slowly my, my visions started changing of the kind of life that I wanted to live. Um, so I, I met my husband just a couple of months after graduating. And the first thing I, one of the first things I told him was, if you want to stay in Arizona forever, and this is the kind of life that you want to have, you know, maybe, maybe you're not going to work out. Um, and then I realized that slowly I'm like, well, I, I kind of want to travel and I kind of want to experience new things. And after we got married, yeah, it was one of the first things we did. We, our first anniversary, we celebrated it in Italy and then spent about a year living in Europe. Um, so, so now that vision of success, it involves travel again. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I, I feel like it changes so constantly. Mm-hmm. Like I love having my, my brick and mortar retail store and I love meeting the women that come into my store and helping them feel beautiful. And now um, it's kind of shifting a little into more. I want to talk directly to these women because I don't know if you're married or if you've like been through the process or anything, but it's a very vulnerable time for a woman. I imagine so. Um, all the eyes are on you and, and sometimes it, some people can do really well in situations like that. Some people don't. And um, there, there are just so many different topics that I want to address. So my vision of success now is kind of becoming a voice mm-hmm. and sharing some of those things that maybe aren't so glamorous about the wedding industry, like the insecurities that we deal with. Um, maybe talking to some of the brides and the, or the, the mother of the brides and the sisters and the friends that accompany these brides to the appointments and kind of letting them know it's not easy to stand in front of, in front of these people and address as they pick apart, like, oh, you know what, mijita, like, si fueras más flaquita, te mirarías más bonita. And I'm like, oh my God, don't tell your daughter that. Like, if you were skinnier, you'd look better in that dress. That breaks my heart. And I'm like, that's not easy for her to hear in front of, um, you know, all the friends and family. And it's not, it's not just things like that, but there are topics that I want to start addressing and kind of sharing and educating my brides and, you know, the loved ones that are experiencing these things with them too. That's amazing. And (laughs) I love that this like growth and evolution that you've shared with us of like success and who you are as a businesswoman and as a, as a woman, right? Mm -hmm. So you have said that you love traveling and, you know, discovering new cultures. So that's something important in your life. And that is something that brings you joy. And ultimately after that experience of living in Europe for a year, you started Avanci Bridal. So for our listeners who are interested in being part of this experience, and I, and I guess when, once, it's, you know, healthy, safe to travel. Yeah. It's all up in the air now, but can you recommend, you know, what you did? You know, you had two jobs, but what were you doing in order to take that dream into a reality? How were you, you know, budgeting or managing your money and managing your both jobs in order to like get that? 
So I was actually working three. Three jobs. Okay. So it, it was interesting because in reality, for a whole year, I had no life. It was, we were working, we were working, we were working. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was really, really hard because it was, you know, I was 24, 25 and my friends were going out and we're going to go wine tasting or we're going to the movies or let's go to the symphony and, and saying no to a lot of things that I really wanted to do was very hard. So I worked, um, full-time, I did casino marketing. So, um, it was sometimes, you know, 10 to six or nine to five. And depending if we had like big promotions happening, it would be, you know, 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. So I managed, so I did that. And then, so after work, I would go and work at, you know, this bridal store that I, that I mentioned. So I would work there until like nine or 10 and then I would do it again the next day. And then on the weekends is when I did the, um, the wedding videography. So I wasn't a videographer, but I was like a coordinator for them. Mm-hmm. And that was my Saturday. So sometimes I would, you know, work at the bridal store again on Sunday and just live my life in a constant, like, which job am I going to like constant, constantly working and never spending any money. And there were things that like, you know, my, my pan, like when I wanted to cook food, it was really wobbly and it wasn't sitting on the stove. Right. And I remember thinking, man, I just want to go to target and just dish out the 30 bucks or whatever it costs to buy a new one. But I'm like, no, you know, that these $30 can get me something when I'm, when I'm traveling. And I, I'm a huge, you know, Harry Potter nerd and a couple of my Oh my friends. God, me too. Sorry. Are you? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, That's what house? Gryffindor. Ravenclaw. Okay. Ravenclaw. I'm, I'm a <laughs> Love them. And it's funny because I'm like, if I went to Gryffindor, I would probably be a Slytherin because they're very ambitious and they're like proud people, but it, it's just funny. But bro, I could talk about that forever. Me too. Um, but like one of the examples of the sacrifices was there was this, um, they were doing like this Halloween, um, Griffin, not Gryffindor, sorry. <laughs> now I have Gryffindor on my, um, Harry Potter symphony event on Halloween here in Phoenix. And I love the symphony mm-hmm. and my friends are going and I'm like, Oh, the tickets are like $60 and I wouldn't be going by myself. My husband would be going too. So then we both have to be paying for that and they want to go to dinner. So we'd have to go and get dinner and like, you know, I want to, you know, a drink. So I'd get a drink. And, and I thought I, I can't. I can't go. So the next year, um, I remember I, I wrote a note to myself and I, and I made a calendar reminder that next Halloween they would pop up. So I would read it. And I was in Athens, like my, the plane landed in Greece. And I was like, you know what? It was kind of worth it yeah. not going. And I, and it still hurt. Like all my friends were out having fun and having these drinks and, and going to the symphony and it's Harry Potter themed. Come on. But, but I was in Greece and then, um, we went to London and we did the, the tour, the Harry Potter tour, um, like the making of Harry Potter yeah. tour, like the very first day in London. I'm such a nerd. That's what I did. Like I didn't go see Big Ben or the eye. It's it literally, I went to that and I was like, I sacrificed this so that I can experience that. And I'm going to tell you, it's not easy. And people don't remember and don't know the hard work that you do. Mm-hmm. They're just going to see the, Oh my God, look, she posted a picture of her, you know, here, or now she's mm-hmm. there. And, and I can't tell you how many messages I got from friends and acquaintances saying, wow, you're so lucky. I'm so jealous. And I'm like, nobody was telling me that I was so lucky when I was on week three of zero days off. And like, I would see my husband and I'm like, okay, I'm going to bed. And he'd be like, well, I'm still working. And, 
um, no one was like, wow, I'm so jealous of, of that. I'm so jealous that you're exhausted. You know, I'm so jealous that you're still, you have like three pairs of leggings and now your shoes have holes in them. Um, but, but it's, it's hard. I tried to comment on that afterwards because I didn't realize I wasn't sharing those hardships too. Like it was when I was in Europe, I was sharing these, these great adventures that I was on and I had to start opening up and telling people like, yeah, I did it, but this is how. Like I didn't go to Starbucks once a week, twice a week, whatever, to get my my drinks. It it yeah. was it was all into the savings account to try to make that happen. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't understand that, you know, this happy success and like travel. It people had to overcome many, you know, struggles mm-hmm. or challenges to obtain that. Oh my god, yeah. Never be jealous of the shoes that that person is wearing because you know, it's not only, you know, the ups, it's a lot of downs. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and one thing that I have to remind myself to, even as a business owner now, because sometimes it's, it's hard not to compare my success to somebody else's in the same mm-hmm. industry. Um, and I have to remember like, okay, it's, I'm in year three and they they might be in year 15. So they've been doing this for a while. And I, and I found this, this photo once that I shared with my husband, cause he has his own business too. It's like when you on the, on a fruit tree, right? You can plant and grow this fruit tree. And the very last thing that grows is the fruit. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, you may want to benefit from all this work that you're doing to grow this tree, but the very last thing you're going to get is the fruit. <laughs> so I have to remember that when I'm like growing my business, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm working so many hours. And I thought, you know, I'd have this freedom and it'd be glamorous. And I can tell you now, there were so many times in my first and second year that I thought, to myself, like, what in the world did I get myself into? What am I thinking? What was I doing? Um, but it's, it, it got easier, you know, maybe it didn't get easier. Maybe I just got used, used to the, to the work and, um, to the troubling issues that we had sometimes, but but it it, it gets easier. I hope. (laughs) So I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, after having three jobs and, you know, basically working 24 seven, budgeting, managing, sacrificing those, you know, experiences with your friends and with yourself and your husband to obtain this dream of traveling and living in Europe for a year, you come back and you decide to start opening Avanci Bridal. So mm-hmm. I imagine you, did you take those same lessons in terms of obtaining of, sorry, of, you know, working and in order to get this investment money to start, you know, opening your business. Did you take those same lessons that you lived through? How, how was that, you know, the, the first, I guess, months of building, um, Avanci? That is a great question. It was nothing. I've never experienced anything like mm-hmm. that. So I, I told myself I would live in this fear of, if I got out and like had a job while I was trying to build up a fancy, I'd get comfortable and I would let the fear overcome me of who are you to open up a business? Like what, what do you know about, you know, bridal fashion and, and like what makes me so special to be able to have my own business and live this kind of lifestyle that I had to, I focused solely on that. I mean, I, I did teach, um, I would teach English online mm-hmm. to some students. So I did that the entire time while I was building up the business but it was still a lot of saving up. And, and while I want to say there was a lot of discipline in it, 
there really wasn't. I was building this business in my pajamas, like on my couch. <laughs> it wasn't this, you know, glamorous life. I wasn't sitting in this like beautiful office doing mm-hmm. it. Like I was in my pajamas, like with my hair up in a bun, like trying to do research and look on Pinterest and Google to figure out what I would do. And it was, it was a lot of research that I did and reaching out to people and sending emails. And I slowly kind of started piecing the pieces together of what I needed to do. And, you know, finding those designers and figuring out the need um, for certain styles and fashion trends in, in my city and in the state was pretty fun. So I would, you know, stock photographers and videographers and look at the trends of what the people were wearing or the brides were wearing and looking at designers and like, like brides, I bought the bridal magazines. I took to Pinterest to figure out what the trends were and what people were looking at. Um, and I got very lucky too, because one of the designers that I connected with, um, she took a liking to me and she said, you know what, there's, there's somebody that I want to connect you with. And I, and I knew who this was because it's, um, she's an, a bridal store owner here in, in Arizona. She's maybe like a 40 minute drive from my store. And she says, I want you to go and meet her. And I was like, oh my God, my palms are sweaty. I'm nervous. I'm like, she's a legend. She's been in Arizona forever. And here's this like 27 year old girl who's about to go talk to her. Um, and I did, and we connected and she's like, you're genuine. I know that, that I want to help you. And she did. And she connected me with a lot of her resources. And that's something that I was really afraid. I was afraid to ask for help. Um, I didn't want to, I, I, I thought that by asking for help, it would make me seem like I'm weak or that I'm not prepared enough to, to do this. And I realized that, no, it's not. It just means that I have somebody else backing me up. And it's, it's brave of me to go and ask for help when I need it. And she was a, a very big help. And we, you know, I've been in, in business now for almost three years and she's still, I text her all the time. We refer brides to each other all the time. Um, if I don't have what she needs, she's, you know, I send it to her and, and vice versa. And um, we see each other at least two or three times a year, sometimes more if we can, if we can manage it. And that's one of the things that I think helped me a lot. And, and while I took her advice, mm-hmm. um, there were some things that I was like, you know what, I'm, I think I'm going to try to do it a little differently yeah. um, just to see if it works for my aesthetics and for my brides and for my business. And a lot of the things that she told me, she was right. And I had to make certain mistakes to realize that, okay, I'm not going to take that advice with a grain of salt next time. I'm like, I'm, I'm actually going <laughs> to take your word for it. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I think I answered your question. Yes, anyway. you definitely did. Okay. And then- and let's go by step, um, step by step. So for our Latinas who are interested specifically in opening up a business, a brick and mortar, and we can later on go for the bridal sector. What did you do in order to save up this money to open, I, I guess, the brick and mortar and then start working alongside these bridal designers? So because I'm not, I'm very ignorant in this area. Um, I guess the bridal designers go and you rent the space and whatever. So I had, I had, um, we had some money saved up from when we saved up to travel. Um, And at this point we had, like we saved up for a year and a half to pay for our wedding. And then when we were married, like we were working three jobs, both of us were, and then we saved up enough to travel. And then the same, like we didn't use all of it up when we were traveling, we had money set aside because like I told you, I was working at that, the bridal boutique. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought, I, I still really want to do that. So we kept some money aside and then realized that that wasn't going to be enough. So we did have to go out and get a, get a business loan. 
to do that. And one of the things that I think really helps me with my business is that my husband works in finance. Like that's his whole life is talking about financing and budgeting and investing. And he handles the majority of the financing for my business. So even now with, you know, everything that happened with COVID and we had to close our business down, like we were okay because he, we had money saved up um, as an emergency. I mean, little did we know it was going to be, you know, shutting down for over a month, but, but that, that helped a lot. So as if, if somebody's listening now and they're looking to start a business or they're thinking about it and toying with it and wanting info on it, the biggest advice I can give you is really, really think about it and do your research because while it can be glamorous and it, it's just exhilarating to run your own business and make something for yourself, it takes a lot of work. And I say a lot of work, like, girl, there are sweat, there's tears, there's a lot of tears, there's stress and more tears and stress eating. And, and, it, and, it, and it's going to take a lot of dedication and a lot of time and a lot of support from a lot of the people around you. Um, but, but do your research, you know, make those calls, um, ask for help. That's something that I wish I would have done earlier is asking for help, looking for mentors. If you're, you know, in like California, for example, which can be kind of saturated with lots of different businesses, call a store from across the country and say, Hey, I'm not going to be direct competition with you. I'm not a threat. I'm just curious to know if you're willing to just answer a couple of questions for me and, and don't be discouraged if, they don't reach back to you or they can't because it, it takes a lot of time. And sometimes people want to hold that, withhold that information. Um, and that's one thing that really surprised me with that mentor that I had here in Arizona is that she was so willing to give it all to me. And that made all the difference in my success. Yeah. So I know I've actually received a couple of emails from people across the country that, that are doing the same. And I'm like, yes, let's set a time. Let's talk about it. Email me everything. I'll send you everything. And I just kind of word vomit (laughs) with them. I'm like, I'm giving you all the info that I can, because I know that it's going to make a difference. Um, So definitely asking for those resources. You don't have to do it alone. Like I I did not build my business on my own. And and I had a lot of help from a lot of people. And that, that goes a long way. Um, Let's see what else I can say. Be, be very strategic with your money too, because it's, Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, the location that I wanted originally, it would have been far too much money for me to even be able to, to make the monthly rent that I thought, okay, maybe let's look at, you know, some different areas just to see if, if that'll help. And I feel like doing that helped me because then I, I get to keep a little bit more money and invest it more into the designers that I, that I carry. Um, so I'm not dishing out so much a month. And then when it came to working with those specific designers, I actually have to purchase every single dress. Okay. Um, so they, yeah, I think that was one of the questions. Yeah, that was the question. Yeah. Yeah. So we have um, agreements with our designers. So the majority of them release two lines a year. So they have, you know, the winter and spring, and then they have the, you know, fall or summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have to buy designs from each one because the trends change constantly. And that, that makes it hard. So we have to be very strategic with our money because we are constantly buying. Like, I think I buy around 80 dresses twice a year. So 80, I just um, completed that, our 80 selection um, in April, March and April for the dresses coming in for fall and winter. And 
And that that's a lot of work. So if somebody's listening and wants to open up a bridal boutique, be very considerate and very stingy on which designers and how many designers you carry. The more you carry, the more money that you're going to have to spend to bring in those dresses. And I can tell you it's changed so much from when I opened to now. I have a better understanding of who my bride is, um, a better understanding of the fashion and the trends in my area. Um, and even my brides here in Phoenix are so different than my mentors, you know, 40 minutes away. We have completely different brides too. That's, I love that you said that you taking, being the knowledgeable business owner that you are and really researching and knowing who your client is, who that bride is, you know, simply from the city, from the area and from the state. Like our listeners who are from maybe Florida or Alaska, like they can take this and say, oh, okay, I have to go very specific, very like zooming in who your client is. Did it, you, you know, shared with us, you were, you know, researching this, but what were those, you know, maybe bumps along the road that you, did it take you a while to learn who your bride is or how was that journey of really knowing who she is now? That is a great question too. So I, um, like I told you, I I majored in advertising and public relations. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we really had to think about, you know, when we were coming up with like an advertising campaign in school, for example, you had to select your target market. Who is my bride? You know, what, what, obviously she's, you know, a a bride. Um, What, what's her age? You know, is she between like 20 and 35 or 20 and 40? What are her interests? What does she value? Does she want, you know, high-end fashion or is she a little more on the sweet spot? You know, not, not super high-end budget. Does she want to have a great boutique experience? And then what kind of atmosphere is she looking for? So I, I came up with, first of all, before I even did that, of how I wanted my business to be and who I wanted my business to be. That sounds really weird, but I can tell you, Avancy has a personality. And, and it's my personality, which was kind of unintentional. But it, she has a personality. She's very fun. And she's flirty. And we're edgy. And we are, we're with the times, you know. We're vocal of, about the things that we care about. We're vocal about you wanting to come in with the people you care about and having a great and positive experience. Um, I created a space that encompasses friendliness. And you can come in and you feel comfortable being yourself and making those jokes and and having, you know, dance parties just to be sure that you can actually dance in this dress, you know? And, and I didn't want a place that was like a very high end boutique where you felt a little stuffy or like you couldn't touch or really be yourself. Um, so that's the biggest compliment I can get when people walk into my store, they, they comment on the decoration, they comment on the atmosphere because it's very different and it's very unique than your traditional bridal boutique, at least here in Arizona. And I, and I love those compliments because I worked so, so hard you know, to bring those features together. Mm-hmm. Um, so after I created, you know, personality of what I wanted my business to be like, I worked on that bride. So all of the messaging and the writing and, and the photos that we share, I'm looking for my specific girl, you know, and I'm targeting her. I'm like, this is, this is you. Like, let's pretend, you know, her name is Nancy, which is my first name. Um, let's say that Nancy is my ideal, my dream girl. Everything that I share and like, we have TikTok, like all the TikToks and stuff that we make. Like I want Nancy to be like, yes, Avancy, I want to go there. Um, this morning, so I'm recording this. We're recording this on a Saturday. I had a bride this morning and um, her friend said like, girl, you called it. And I was like, what do you mean? 
mean? She was talking to the bride and she says, yeah, she said that she was going to find her dress here. She only made one appointment and it was to your store. And she's, she was like committed. She had a feeling that she was going to find her dress there. And I, I, that is the biggest compliment I can get, even if she didn't buy her dress for me and she did, but, but it was such a compliment to know that my heart, my hard work and the efforts that I'm putting into um, showing off the personality of my business and drawing in my ideal client is working. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's something that you definitely have to do a lot of research on and, and it's going to take a time, you know, it's going to take time and, and quite a while to nitpick and figure out who your ideal client is. But then remember that everything that you do, you're doing it for her. Every message is for her. How is, how is, you know, how is Nancy going to react to this? Um, what is she going to think about me if I post that? Is Nancy going to like this dress? Mm-hmm. Well, if she doesn't, will her mom like it? Um, and every, every little detail of her experience is completely planned out from the moment she walks through the door to when she puts on her first dress to the second that she, you know, signs and walks out the door. Like everything is, is a process. Um, so that, that's something that it's very important in a business owner. And I feel like it, you, you said earlier that, you know, one of your goals for this year or in the future is to really make, talk about these uncomfortable moments that family members cause their bride. Um, and you just creating the space of being comfortable, making um, the fancy bridal comfortable it's like I can see you putting in the work for like three years before, like, and you're like continuing to do that. That is really, I'm I'm so happy that you're furthering your work. And yeah, for you know our listeners who are, I, I want to. So it's three years. It's a startup business still. And what have been those lessons? Because I know that you mentioned in your three jobs, you notice how not to run a business and how to run a business. You know, you have your mentor who has given you so, so much advice, but you as a business owner, what have been those, I guess, top lessons that you've learned throughout these three years that have really changed and shifted and strengthened your passion to further on this um, Avancy? And also the success, because you mentioned one of brides saying, you know, this, I did my appointment here and I got my dress here. What are, what are those also those highlights and wins? So I, I realized um, throughout, you know, the first and the second year, they were very hard. Um, I had, I have two sisters and one of my sisters was studying abroad and the other sister kind of offered, you know what, can I, can I, I'll help you if you need help. And I took her up on that offer. And I think she was like, wait, you actually need it. So she worked for me for a year, like not, no payment, nothing. And then she, she grew with me and realized how hard it was. So many times I asked myself, like, why did I do this? Why did I get into this? Because I'm, I'm not bringing home any money. I'm working so many hours, like seven days a week. I have no days off. Why, why did I do this? And then I'll have a bride come in. And I had one in particular that literally made me bawl my eyes out in, in a positive way. Oh. She, um, she's a curvier girl and she put on her dress and 
oh my God. <laughs> she, she looked at herself in the mirror and she started crying immediately. And she says, she looked at me cause she was my bride. And she says, I've never felt more beautiful in my life. And I was like, girl, oh my God, I'm going to cry. And, and I'm like, that's, that was my why. When I was questioning, why did I do this? It was, it was that. And I think shifting that mentality in, in my, to myself as the, the why changed everything for me. Like I'm doing this to help these women to be part of, you know, mostly as a selfish reason, because I love the wedding industry that I want to be surrounded by that love and that happiness and that confidence. And, and she, and like, that was my why is I want, I want to provide happiness and love and really knowing that as a business owner and as a Latina, even in your everyday, like relationships and your careers, like why, why am I with this person? Do they make me a better person? Do they bring me happiness? Can I change their life? Can we build a better life together and leave a better legacy for the kids? You know, why am I in this career? Am I helping people? Am I doing good? Am I getting fulfillment for myself? Um, that made all of the difference in my person, like my personal goals, my business goals, that knowing your why, knowing your purpose of I'm doing this because it brings me joy and because I'm providing joy. And that, that bride, anytime I have a bride that, that maybe is less than pleasant or I'm just exhausted and I'm tired and I've been working for hours, I'll think back to her, you know, and she doesn't know that, that she changed my life basically, but I'll think back to that moment when she was crying and she looks at me and she goes, I've never felt more beautiful in my life. Like, damn, I look good. And I was like, oh, you do. <laughs> like, I'm glad that you can see that beauty in yourself too. I love that. I loved it. And you know, looking through your Instagram, I love that it's so size inclusive, but it's not like pushing it. Like you can, you can differentiate how the type of message it's like this, this brand is trying too hard (laughs) or when the brand is like, no, this is part of their DNA. This is part of their mission. And when I'm going through your Instagram, that that's part of your DNA. That's, Mm -hmm. it's like size inclusivity in the bridal industry, I think it, I, I feel it's also hard, like in the fashion industry and you, you know, providing these beautiful dresses to plus size women is so natural. And I feel like it's not, Oh yes. To get more business in the end of the day, right. like you said, to make them feel beautiful. Yeah. That's one of the things that was super, super, super important to me is to showcase. Like I, I am not a size six to whatever, you know, I, I like to play dress up in my own dresses too. So I can't try on a super tiny gown. You know, I want to, if there's, you know, I have no brides in the store. I want to try it on and feel pretty and I want to be able to fit into them too. And I, I don't want to have a bride come in. They would break my heart if she came in and I'm like, I have nothing for you to try on. It would break my heart because I know that I am going completely against my own motto of making her feel amazing and having a great experience at my store. So I've tried to um, usually when I have styled shoots or photo shoots in my own store, I just turn to my Instagram or my, my Facebook and I say, who of my friends wants to come in? I want to show all types of women because there's not one specific woman that is, that's right. You know, a bride can look, can be four foot nine or, you know, six foot one. She can wear 120 pounds or she can weigh 250. Like you're a bride you're in love and you're about to share that commitment with somebody, you're a bride in my eyes. And sometimes I'll have, you know, even women that come in and they're like, well, this is my second wedding. You know, I'm in my forties and 
I, you know, I don't think it's, it's my time. And I'm like, you're a bride. I'm like, of course you're a bride. You can wear whatever you want. There are no rules. And if someone tells you that there's a rule because you're 40, you can't wear white or you can't wear that pretty little strapless dress that would look amazing on you, send them to me. I'll give them a talking to. Like there, there are no rules. And once, once I establish that and then make them feel comfortable, they're like, you're right. I was in my own head. Like I told you, we set limitations on ourselves of what we can and cannot do. And I hate that because I do that to myself too. And then I'm like, Vanessa, you, you made this up. You're, you're telling yourself that, you know, and I can tell you the amount of times I've scared my own mom. Like when I told her that I bought that my husband and I bought the plane tickets to move to Italy, she started crying and my tío was like, it's okay, Gloria, she's going to be fine. Um, I purposely told her when she was like in California for Christmas, so that I wouldn't have to see her crying in person. But it was, I was like, mama, it's going to be fine. Like, I'm going to be okay. It's going to be fine to do this. And I tested the waters again when I'm like, hey, I'm not getting a, a job in marketing again. I'm going to do my own business. And she's like, Mija, like, are you sure? Do you have, like, are you sure? And I'm like, yes, you know, I, I have to get out of my own head and live outside of the fear to know that I can if I, if I work hard enough, mm-hmm. if I want it bad enough to, to accomplish it. Yes. Sorry, kind of straight a little there. <laughs> no, I love it. And, you know, I love that even though, you know, you say your mom was like scared of you moving to Italy and you opening your business. I feel like from her giving you her support of changing your careers and I'm seeing, I'm hearing that you've had this support in your family, in your life, you know, from your mom to your husband, to this mentor. And like you said, it wasn't only you who built this business, you know, it's all these people who have been in your life, who have, you know, supported you and just motivated you to not quit and just take those mental barriers off your mind. And let's go deeper on what have those, you know, biggest um, struggles, business struggles that you face in these three years. And also how is it managing a team? And I've gone to your website. I love that. Your team is all women and yeah. <laughs> it's so diverse too. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it comes full circle and mm-hmm. I love that. So please share with us. So the, the biggest struggles, you know, when you work at a you know corporate job, you have this level of management. And if you don't understand something and you're not sure how to accomplish it, you go to your boss and they go to their boss and there's always somebody that's going to have an answer for you on how to deal with a certain situation. Some of the hardest parts about being a business owner is that I'm that person that I have to go to now. Like if I don't know how to do something, I I can't pick up the phone and call my boss. I have to figure out, okay, well, how do I handle this? And, And I have to realize that it's not an impulse reaction too. So I have to really think about it. And not just, just because it's the first idea that comes to my mind doesn't mean it's the best idea. Um, and that's something that I, you know, learned in school when we were creating ads, like just because you love that idea, doesn't mean that it's going to be the best one. Um, so that, that was a challenge, especially, you know, now with everything that happened with, with COVID and, and closing our stores. And, um, we had to completely change the way that we ran our business. And that was something that I had to figure out how to do. Like I asked my husband for his advice. Um, I asked my mentor what she was doing and, And then um, I'm part of a Facebook group with bridal store owners across the country. And it was so helpful to see what other people were doing too. But, but yeah, ultimately when you're, you know, a business owner, those come down to you Mm -hmm. and there's no, there's no train of 
you know, management that you can ask for assistance and for help. That was really hard. And then I also realized that no one's going to love your business the way that you do. Like I, I built this, you know, I, she's my baby and, and people can love her and can be committed to her, but no one's going to be as dedicated as I am. So I worked a lot of really long hours and I was working super, super hard and everything that we made had to go back into the business. You know, Mm -hmm. I had to buy dresses again. I had to pay for rent. I had to pay for advertising. So that was really hard too, because at the same time, my husband was building up his business. So we were back to those penny pinching, super budgeting, like living on a really tight budget. And that was not easy for me at all. Like I was, you know, in my, in my mid to late twenties at this point, and my friends are out doing fun things. And my, my two best friends, they take a trip together every year. And I've never been able to go because I was saving up for the wedding. I was saving up to travel. I was saving up for the business. And I've never been able to go. And that's always super hard for me, you know? And, and there, there are sacrifices that you have to make. And they're not fun. And you can throw tantrums and I can stop my feet and cry and scream into my pillow. But I have to get up the next day and, and overcome that. Um, as, as far as managing a team that I, I struggle with that. And, and it's, it's interesting because I, I want to make sure that they're in an environment that's positive and happy. And, but at the same time, like I have to be a little strict and make sure that we're accomplishing and meeting these goals. Um, and that's where I think that having my husband help me out is, is great because he, he managed people like a lot, you know, in, in his career. So he can have those conversations with, with, you know, some of our employees that sometimes can be a little harder to have. Um, but for the most part, I try to provide incentives and make it fun because m- the motto in tackling for a fancy bridal is experience the fun yeah. in finding your forever dress. If my stylists aren't happy and they're not having fun at their job, the brides aren't going to be having fun. So I have to make sure that I'm, you know, we have an environment that's positive and that's happy and I'll share, you know, Hey, so-and-so left you a review. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy that you, you know, were there and gave her a great experience. And I love, I, you know, we threw a Christmas party for them and it's like fun, fun little things. I just got two of my um, employees like, Hey, thank you just for working for me present because we, you know, lost half of our team with COVID because they, you know, they, they can't come back to work or they mm-hmm. have to stay home with the kids or, you know, have high risk health and they, they just can't return. So I've been managing, um, it's been me and another employee and we just had another one join us back. And I know that it's a lot of work and I know that they're seeing a lot of brides. So I just want to, even if it's a small self-care package, I know that it makes a difference. Like I, I want them to know that I'm acknowledging their health and their experience and their commitment to our brides and Avanci. So let's go into that because, you know, the bridal... You know, Avancis, and like many other bridal shops, it's very much about being close to the bride and, you know, helping her put on that dress and a lot of, you know, fittings. So obviously, like so many other businesses, I imagine, yes. And, and like you said, Avanci was affected by the pandemic. You had to close down. You had yeah. that money saved thanks to, you know, your husband's help of like man- managing and budgeting and having that. And you had to, you know, let go people from your team as well, like you said. Well, yeah. yeah. So how has Avanci, how was, it's been three months. How has Avanci been going through this 
for the last three months? Avancy and myself, we've handled it differently. Um, it, it was hard. Like I told you, I couldn't ask for advice and help from my boss because it was me and I had to figure out, do we stay open? Do we close? Like our stores around me closing, what are we doing? We had to make big changes to the way that we run our, our, um, our appointments. So my store, it's pretty small. We can see, um, three brides at a time, right? So we, we knocked that down to one bride at a time. And then we knocked it down from, you can bring four to five guests to, you can only bring two. Um, and then we knocked it down to, you have to wear a mask. And it, and it's, it's just troubling because when you're looking for a wedding dress, this is an emotional time. It's yeah. an emotional experience. You're not like, okay, I'm buying a car and it meets all my checklists. It's safety, you know, it's blah, blah, blah. It's no, it's, it's about how I feel in this stress. Am I going to get married in it? Am I going to become a wife in this stress? So it's all emotion driven. And it's really hard when you don't know how to feel about the pandemic going on. And you're concerned about your family and you're concerned about yourself and you're concerned about, is my wedding going to be canceled? Um, so it's, it's been a lot. Um, I realize I, I play many different hats and many different roles within the business, but it's, so we, we usually would be in the fitting room, helping them in and out of the dresses completely and having conversations with them. And that was our time to really establish a connection. Like I just met you, but I want to know everything about your wedding. I want to know about your love. I want to know about how you want to feel and how you want to look. It's the most important dress you're ever going to wear you know, and you're going to, you're not going to look back on like the picnic you went to and look at your dress there. Like you're going to look back at your wedding and remember how you felt and remember how you look. And, and it was, it's harder because now we miss out on that opportunity to connect with our brides in the fitting room. Um, we'll still help them and button them and clip them and, and talk to them about, you know, the fashion and how they're feeling and stuff. But it's been a change too, because now while we're not in the fitting room with them, we're outside with their friends and their families. So we can still get to know them and connect with the people that they've brought with them, the people that are closest to them. Um, so that's been a change. And I realized a lot of people were on social media, you know, when, when everything was closed down. So while we're usually really good about posting on Instagram, I, I realized that I myself took a toll. Like I hadn't, I hadn't had a time where I was at home for so many days after even starting my business. It was weird to me. I didn't know if I should still be working. Should I still be like putting stuff out there? Should I still go to my store? Um, should I stay home and read more? Do I watch Netflix? So it was, it was kind of challenging personally for me too. I felt like I kind of slipped a little, mm -hmm. like I, I took it so personal that I was like, I don't, I didn't have the motivation to continue posting and continue sharing and making sure that my business was still out there. And I feel like I should have done a better job of that. Um, and I'm trying to be a little easier on myself just because it, it was a pandemic, you know, yeah. I, I had to close my business and, um, and I did see kind of that fluctuation when we first opened that I, we didn't have a lot of, you know, a big rush. Like I was expecting, and I was like, well, I posted twice, you know, three, two or three times I should have done more, but I picked up again and like seeing my brides kind of like brought that energy back in. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's much better now, but, but still it was. It was just kind of a, I took it personally, you know, a lot of my brides had to cancel their weddings and in, in March and in April and they're rescheduling them. So I'm, I'm like mourning the loss of their wedding with them too. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, be easier on yourself, Vanessa. But um, yeah, it, it was, it was 
of roller coaster of emotions and actions. And, and I think we're doing the best that we can. And how are you taking care of yourself? Because, you know, we focus on the business side, but you as in your emotions, obviously your business affects you emotionally mm-hmm. and mentally. Oh, yeah. So how have you been taking care of yourself? I did, like I told you, I kind of took a step to myself and I I wasn't always committed to, or super focused on the business. Like I was still answering emails and phone calls, but I I did take, I kind of like a little mini vacation on on my own um, while still, you know, being worried about everything that was going on. I did do some self-care, you know, I am like, okay, I never sleep in. So I'm going to try that. Um, I got back into crafting. Um, I have like a cute little wall piano that I printed music for. And I was like, okay, well, let's start playing the piano again. Um, played with my dog, got to connect and spend more time with my husband. And I feel like that was just kind of a refresher. And then um, there is um, this coach that I've been working with, that I was working with. She's based here in Phoenix and she's a Latina business coach. And we started right before we had to close our business, but we would talk once a week. And that helped so much because I'm like, okay, this is going to be over. I'm going to come out of this, you know, where I still have big goals and big dreams that were put on hold and having those calls and talking to like-minded individuals Mm -hmm. that were encouraging me and still kind of helping me build up and saying, Hey, you have so many ideas. Don't stop now really helped. Yeah. it, It really helped. She actually connected me with someone. We did a TV interview doing during the pandemic talking about you know, weddings. And, and that was pretty cool too. Cause I was like, okay, I'm still relevant. Yeah. Even though I don't feel like I am, I was still pretty re- relevant. And, um, I think it was pretty cool even more as a reassurance to my brides to say, Hey, I got my dress from her. She's still out there. So I can send my cousin, you know, to her or my sister to her in a couple of months or a year or so. Um, so that's kind of, kind of what we were doing too, trying to stay relevant. Oh, that's yes. That's great to hear. And I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. You know, it's, staying relevant during a pandemic is hard you know no one has experience being in a pandemic so our reactions are very different you know and the definition of being productive has changed and I imagine you as a business owner it was like the toll of it you know how to manage it how to stay relevant but also taking care of yourself and your emotions and what you're going through and oh my gosh yeah it must have been a whirlwind and but I'm happy that you have adapted your business has adapted. You've changed in order how to, you know, receive your brides and their family members mm-hmm. so they can, you know, get their wedding dress. Because so I saw a lot of brides canceling and then suddenly a lot of, you know, brides having their weddings, you know, a pandemic wedding. It was just, you know, their husbands and themselves. Mm-hmm. And that was nice. And I, I feel like there, there's still, people are still getting married. You know? Yeah. Love is strong and powerful and you know there's hope obviously yes and I and I love seeing that while it hurt to see you know this big event not it's not just a wedding it's not just a party it's like you're celebrating love and you're coming together with all those people that are so important to you to share in this big moment and then suddenly you're told hey it's supposed to happen next weekend but now it can't Mm -hmm. Um, it was still good to see some of my brides just saying, okay, it wasn't in the books, but we're going to, you know, go to Sedona and have our two parents and my sister and his brother, and we're going to get married anyway. And if we want to have the big wedding, we can, you know, when it, when it's, when we're able to. So we had a lot of brides do that, which, which was good. 
because then I'm like, okay, you're still celebrating love. Then you're, you're filling my newsfeed with happiness. And then you're still getting to wear your dress, you know, that you visualized yourself. And it doesn't matter if you're getting married, you know, at this beautiful hotel in front of 200 guests, or you're getting married on the cliffside in Sedona, like you're still getting married. You're still going to be with that person that you love. And that's one of the things that I've been trying to, to share with, with our brides. And, and I know that it's crazy because I'm like, I'm just, I'm just, you know, it's just Vanessa. I'm not anybody important or, or big or, or crazy, but when I get those messages out there, I don't know who's hearing them. I have no idea the kind of impact that I'm making until I, I hear, you know, I'll have one bride or two message me and say, I needed to hear that today. Thank you. And I'm like, cool, you know, cool. I got my message across and it was well received. And, and even if it was just one person that I impacted, I impacted one person. And that, that makes me so happy. Um, so I'll share those thoughts. And sometimes, like I said, we can, we can get so hung up on certain aspects and issues and then hearing it from a different perspective kind of can help you broaden your mind and, and change the look and the feel of certain things, especially, especially right now. Especially right now. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned earlier in our conversation that you have these goals and just, um, new ways to connect with your bride and mm-hmm. new ways to also have their family members understand the state that they're in. So, and I, in yes, I'm a big believer. Like I love to say, invite my guests to speak what they envision, and so it can become a reality. So, where do you see Avansi go in the next five years, and where do you see yourself in the next five years? That's a great question. I love that question. Um, and it, it's interesting because I feel like my answer changes so much. I. So I, I told you, I mentioned I was working with that Latina business coach. Just literally, it's her name is Latina business coach. I would recommend you look her up. She's fantastic. And I, I decided I want to use my platform and my voice to become like my own little persona in the wedding industry. Um, I feel like we're, we're overdue for this like Latina presence yes. in the wedding industry, you know? And and it's so fun when I have, you know, Hispanics coming in and I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm Espanola. Let's, let's talk. Like, let's do it. Let's communicate. Yeah. Let's, let's bond and build this positive experience. And, and I want to start talking about just educating and talking about issues that I see and like positive things that I see. And I dream so big and sometimes it's great. And sometimes I'm like, okay, Vanessa, be realistic here. But I, the cool thing is that I think my husband also dreams big with me. So we have this like, well, what if we blah, 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 blah. And what if we blah, 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 blah. So um, I've, I think we've done a, a good job with Avancy so far. And we have some brides that literally come out of state because my shop is cute because they love everything we do and they want to come and shop with us. And that's a huge compliment for me. I'm like, girl, you can find these dresses, you know, elsewhere. But the fact that you're choosing to travel to come and work with us and, and buy your dress from me is, oh, it's amazing. Um, so I want to continue building on that momentum. And I think eventually this is, I, sound so, I feel like in my mind, it sounds so selfish to say, to say this, but I want to grow, you know, as this Latina voice in the wedding industry and through that, um, encourage people to, to come in and either shop with Avancy or just feel more secure in who they are and finding their voice as a bride. 
And as a woman too, because you can apply these things to so many aspects of your life. And I want to maybe get to a point where, you know, we, we transition and, and move advancy once our lease is over. I want to move into a bigger space and I have so many big ideas and big goals of how I want my, my store to look and how to feel. And and it's just an experience, you know, and I want to continue building on that and making that grow. So that's my goal for, for the business. And I'd still love to, um, I, I, I totally I'd love to travel. So I'd love, love to be able to do talk about weddings and traditions and styles and, and, um, specific, you know, cultural aspects of weddings from across the world. I think it'd be so fantastic. You know, I'm, I'm Guatemalan, but we don't really have a lot of Guatemalan weddings. Like, to be honest with you, I was the first one in my family to get married. And then my cousin got married. And it's a mixture of the, the cultures because I married my husband's Romanian. So it's kind of a mix of like the Romanians meeting Hispanics and super different. I can tell you that much. Um, but I'd love to, like when I was in Italy, I had this idea of like, wouldn't it be so cool to go to a wedding venue there and just do a tour? Um, and I'd love to start doing, that's what I wanted to start doing here in Arizona is doing interviews like in person with the different, um, vendors, you know, a florist, a baker, go to different wedding venues. And then the pandemic happened and we couldn't leave our houses. So I'd love to do that and then expand, expand a little globally so that I get the chance to travel and to educate you know, brides from across the world and from across wherever to, to see, you know, how weddings happen in Mexico or in Italy or in Portugal or gosh, who knows where, you know, who knows where it's going to take me. So that's, that's my big, like, yeah, I told you, I asked people, like, if you could be doing anything, what would you do? That's my, like, oh my God, I'd be doing that. Wow. I'd be traveling and talking about weddings, like two of my favorite things. And that's, now that I, I feel like that will even bring more knowledge to the Vancey bridal because the bride, because she'll be like, I don't, I want to get married in Italy or in Guatemala. And, you know, Vanessa is an expert, you know, she goes and travels. It's like furthering your message and your, your, your mission of just making your bride feel comfortable at her biggest day, most important day, you know, like one yeah. of the most important days of their lives. Yeah. And what, what I left out is like, once we, you know, do travel and stuff, like I kind of wanted to start that with Arizona is connecting those those brides with those vendors. So if I met with like a florist here in Arizona, I, I want to help other people who are brave and bold that are doing it on their own and want to be entrepreneurs and expose them to all of the brides that are looking for them, you know, because that you might not know the vendor that's like perfect and it's going to encompass everything that you want. And I want to be that person to connect them and bring them together um, to help those, those business owners that just want to get their message out there. Cause sometimes maybe I have the bride that didn't know you existed and I'm bringing you two together. And I'd love to do that. Um, and I'd love to educate and to continue talking about the weddings and, and building women up and bring, bringing up their confidence. And not only that, but just being a positive Latina role model. Yes. Like we have them, but we need more of them. We need so many more of them. And, and we're finding our voice now and we're like, ooh, girl, I'm fierce. I'm coming through. Watch me. And, and, it, and it's such a positive thing. You never know who you're impacting. You never know who's watching and who's listening to, to the message that you have to say. And, and girl, make sure that it's positive because somebody out there is listening. Yes. And your words matter and make a difference. Beautiful, Vanessa. And I feel like oh this, God, so this can be like a, a great either, you know, YouTube channel, no, both YouTube channel and podcast. And mm -hmm. knowing your husband, Dennis, who 
I have to thank, you know, he made this conversation possible. Yes. The fellow podcaster. And yeah. <laughs> I, I can totally see this happening and being big. And like, I would be one of your listeners because yes, <laughs> listening to your message and what you have to give to Latinas and to other brides, mm-hmm. that's something we as a community have to further those voices and, and provide those platforms. Yeah. So I'm excited to see this. And in five years, you know, you said that things change, but I'm excited to see where this goes and like it becomes to be. So, yay! Thank you. Oh, that means so much. I'm like blushing over here, all giddy. <laughs> and to close this amazing conversation that we've had, I like to ask my guest if you had the opportunity to travel back, whatever age you were, and you had the opportunity to say something to little Vanessa, what would you say to her? Oh my God, that's such a great thing. First of all, maybe don't eat as much chocolate, mijita. <laughs> Go to the gym once in a while. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It would it would honestly be, que importa lo que diga la gente? Mm-hmm. Like, girl, make, make the choices in your life that are going to lead you to your own version of success. Like I told you, I majored in, you know, in biology, because my mom's like, oh, mijita, be a dentist, it'll be great, and I was like, yeah, that's a great idea, mom, let's do that, but if I had not been afraid to think big, if I had not been afraid to really find and figure out who I was without the, the fear of what are people going to think about me if I, if I pursue that, like, what if I fail and someone sees that, those what-ifs, I feel like, not that I'm not far enough in my life. I feel like I'm very proud of my accomplishments. I really am. But who knows where I would be if I didn't let that fear of like, what if, or what are people going to say, hold me back from so many things that I could have done that would have made me happy. And that's, that's probably what I would share. And I share that with, with my friends and my sisters and my family, like, who cares what people are going to say about you? If that, if that's, what's going to make you happy and that's going to, it's a positive thing that's going to impact people in a great way, do it. Mm-hmm. I'll support you. I'll help you. I'll hold your hand. And, and I think that's, that's probably the biggest thing I would tell myself is that, yeah, your crazy dreams are crazy, but girl, do it. It's yeah. fine. It's okay to have them. You can have it all. You can try hard at least. <laughs> yes. And I think your, your life has definitely, you know, shown us this and, you know, our conversation has definitely, you know, it's not all color de rosa, you know, yeah. there's struggles and you have, gone through those struggles but look where you've been you know and mm-hmm. even though you're, you've been going through struggles for these past three months I know from just talking with you that you'll overcome them and you'll even accomplish even bigger things moving yes. forward yeah so thank you Vanessa you know for our listeners who want to follow you to follow Avanci or you or ask any questions maybe they want to open the bridal shop where can mm-hmm. they reach you um, so Avancy, honestly, I'm always on our Instagram account. So it's Avancy Bridal, A-V-A-N-C-Y. It's like Nancy. It's my first name. It's a combination of Vanessa and Nancy, Avancy. Um, and that's, that's our, um, that's the business Instagram. I answered so many questions from that. And then, um, like I told you, it's kind of starting to vocalize my own opinions in the bridal industry. That Instagram account is just Vanessa.Trufin, T-R-U-F as in Frank, I-N. Um, I've been a little silent on there just, just because I've been focusing on, on building up a Vancy again after being closed for so long. 
but I, after this, like, I feel so motivated, you know, to try to, and start, and start vocalizing those, those ideas again. Um, so you can find us there. And yeah, if, you know, they find us on Instagram, shoot me a message, say, hey, this is how I found you. Let's talk. And I'd be happy to answer any questions. Well, you heard it here. Follow, message Vanessa. And just if you, if you're going to get married, I highly recommend even going to the Lancy (laughs) Bridal because I'm not with someone right now, but I'm like, when I do, I love those dresses that you offer, that you have. So I'm like... Yes, please support our Latina. Come visit us. Yes. You're happy, Mary. Come, come, come and take pictures and play dress up. <laughs> yes, and talk about Harry Potter and Hogwarts. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening. And thank you, Vanessa, for being here and sharing of your course, journey. Thank you. And I'm so excited that, you know, we've had this conversation. I hope you, if you've been going, if you're a fellow business owner and or you're thinking of opening up your own bridal shop, don't hesitate. Don't let that fear, you know, stop you. Do it. Vanessa has been a great example of accomplishing those goals and dreams. And look where she is. So I hope you found this inspiration in this conversation. And you can follow AGAS at Instagram. That is A-L-L-A-S, the podcast. Or email me if you want to be a guest here at AGAS, the podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me if you like at B-R-E-N underscore J-A-I. Thank you again for listening to this episode. And thank you, Vanessa, again. Thank you. You can listen to a new episode or see a new episode in two weeks. Adios. If you've been listening to AS for a while, you know that I'm a big supporter of providing a platform for Latinas to share their stories and inspire current and future generations of women. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the lives of more amazing Latinas just like you. You can help by going to Apple Podcasts and write a review. Tell me what you think and leave any number of stars. It would mean the world to me. Thank you in advance. AS is produced, hosted, and audio edited by me. Our video interviews are edited by Javier Ortiz Ruiz. And thank you to Shro, who created the podcast theme song, Sunken Streets. You can download this track on freemusicarchive.org or listen to him on Spotify, YouTube, and follow him on Instagram. This is it, yes.